Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bringing an year to the close, Lang. 2016 is over. It's about time. Time to move on to 2017. We're another year older. Perhaps a year wiser. <laughs> or not. They aren't always correlated. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, that brings us to the best of edition of the Hang Time Podcast. The best of 2016. Unfortunately... There's not enough best things that happen on this podcast to make a podcast, so we have to talk about other great things that happened in 2016. Hey, well, we've got to do what we got to do, baby. <laughs> well, we can start with, we have 10 moments that we thought were worth our time and, and worth uh, highlighting. So let's start with number 10, game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Corey Joseph will get it to Lowry. He gets to center, heaves it up. Good! Kyle Lowry good from center court. He has tied the ball game. We're going to go to overtime. Unbelievable. What an improbable turn of events. Nice. We the North, baby. We the North. (laughs) Toronto Raptors winning that game. Against Miami. Against Miami. Actually, they lost that game. I'm sorry, but they won the series. In seven. That series went downhill soon after when I started covering it. And (laughs) (laughs) Jonas Valanciunas got hurt. Hassan Whiteside got hurt. And everyone, the whole thing turned into a 6-4 and under record (laughs) series. You remember DeRozan was hurt too. He had that thumb problem where they were tying a string around his thumb during timeouts. Playoffs, baby. Drama. Lowry wasn't wasn't at his best that whole series. And uh, the Heat kind of stumbled into that smaller lineup with Winslow playing a lot. Exactly. And it change things around but sound white side got hurt yeah um but it turned out well for our friends up north they win and reach the eastern conference finals for the first time in team history but ultimately fall to the eventual champion cleveland cavaliers they gave cleveland a little bit of a scare they did they battled they battled bismack biombo stand up hey nothing beats the biz number nine on our list lang the summer league debut for Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons turned out to be—I mean, we're talking sold-out crowd sure. in Vegas. This thing was like an NBA Finals game. Summer league debut for these rookies, and it turns into a sophomore showcase <laughs> for D'Angelo Russell. Ingram will inbound. Russell for the win. Oh! Redemption in the ice in his veins is still there. D'Angelo, the one. 
man, that crowd, you think that? As long as we don't have to hear that post-game interview he did. (laughs) But I'm saying you think that was like it. Game seven of the finals was a summer league game. Hey, the Laker fans haven't had a lot to cheer for the last couple of years. <laughs> that was a big moment for them. Summer league has uh, turned into a different monster. I mean, I remember when I was out Salt Lake City every year doing the Rocky Mountain Review. You loved that, didn't and you? And I loved it. It was a passionate crowd at Salt Lake Community College. Um, you got a chance to see all these rookies kind of away from the spotlight. Now, right. summer league is a showcase in Vegas. And uh, unbelievable atmosphere for that game. And uh, D'Angelo Russell. Ice in his veins. <laughs> I like how, you know, like we always, on NBA TV, we we see it before Vegas, the, the Orlando Summer League, and that's held in a gym with no fans. Yeah. So it's it's really a, a, a big juxtaposition than when they switch to Vegas and you get sold out crowds and people like <laughs> jockeying to, to get in and LeBron in attendance at the games. Yes. And, you know, it's a big deal all of a sudden. And uh, I lo- we get I to go it. out there. It's, it's fun to go out yeah, there. Yeah, I love it. I mean... We didn't call games this past summer, but hopefully they'll let us get back on the mic and um, let Rick Fox butcher some names and let us go on and on about watching summer league basketball. Not bad. Not a bad debut for those other two guys. No. But ice in his veins handle business. And we're still waiting for Ben Simmons to make his NBA debut. Why'd you have to bring that up? Trust the process. true. Number eight this season um, for 2016 has been about the triple-double. And uh, Russell Westbrook every single night has been putting up Double digits, points, rebounds, assists. It's been remarkable to watch. Amazing to see. And everyone seems to be on board cheering to see this happen, to see if anyone can break Oscar Robertson's record of averaging a triple-double for a season. Everyone except, perhaps, Russell Westbrook. Do you accept that uh, I mean, when you get triple-doubles, you guys have a great record. When you don't, it's not very good? Is, is that? Yeah, I, I, honestly, man, you know, people in this triple-double thing is kind of getting on my nerves, honestly. I just... People think if I don't get it, it's like a big thing. When I do get it, it's a thing. I'm just, if I just let me play, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. It is what it is. I really don't care. Not for the hundredth time. I don't care. All I care about is winning, man, honestly. That's not entirely true, I don't think. I don't think it's true at all. Because we've seen plenty of games where (laughs) he's passed up shots to get assists. Yes. And there's other times where he's grabbing rebounds away from teammates because he needs to get that double on the, uh, on double the rebound. Did, no question. I mean, he can say he doesn't care, but I, I ain't buying it. Yeah. And, and I love seeing it. I love seeing him. It's not like he's getting false triple doubles, like just piling up numbers, right? And chasing you know, numbers on a you know in a bad situation. He they need him to play out of his mind in order to be competitive and in order for the Thunder to be a playoff team. So you may not care, Russ, but we care. In ninety seven, ninety eight, there were twenty two triple doubles. And uh, Jason Kidd had four of them. In uh, 2006, 2007, there were 32 triple-doubles. Kidd had 12. In 2016-17 season, we're we're two months into the season, there's been 30 triple-doubles, and and Russ had 10 straight at one point. (laughs) I mean, is it easier for guys to get triple-doubles now? What's going on? I just think the way the the game is played now with the pace and space and a point guard being such a – it's always been a dominant position. But it hasn't been a focal point position necessarily where you your point guards like Russ and James Harden and Damian Lillard and Chris, Chris Paul. Paul and on and on who are controlling the action on, on on both ends of the floor sometimes now. Right. But, yeah, I don't know that it's easier. I just think there's more of a focus on it. 
For for a certain point, guys. Not every, not all these guys, but certainly for some of them. Maybe it's more wide open too. Where, that might have a lot to do with yeah. You know the the court's spaced out and your your centers are out at the three point line, so yeah. it's easier for point guards to, to rack up them rebounds. No question. Number seven on our top ten moments of 2016 list. <laughs> the way and, you said that, I felt like I should be like number seven, <laughs> seven. And I have my shirt on. Thank goodness. <laughs> J.R. Smith, on the other hand, might not have been. Shirted up during the Cavs championship parade, which was a sight to behold. I'm not wearing a shirt, so don't ask. Yeah, but I, I saw your shirt in one of the buildings back there. So we found your shirt. Do you see that? Yeah, uh, I think the last time I took my shirt off was after the game. I gave it to my dad, and I, I ain't put one on since. <laughs> I had the great idea. I tweeted immediately when all that was going on. I was like, somebody needs to make a shirt of shirtless J.R. Smith. And they did. <laughs> I should have copyrighted it. Yeah, you should have trademarked that thing so you get a little uh, royalties on the back end. Listen, when you wait 50-plus years for a championship parade in your town, everybody within a three-hour ride better show up, and that's exactly what seemed like happened. The the celebration was fantastic. LeBron's speech was probably in need of an NC-17 rating. And then some of the videos I saw of people doing things in the celebratory haze, (laughs) one dude attacked a pile of uh, horse manure. And and I thought this must be a prank. This can't be real. They took they turned it all the way up in Cleveland during the championship parade. Let's just put it that way. Well, we were there and uh as they were battling it out in the in the finals and and clearly Fothang baby. From the Fothang cafe to <laughs> to the arena outside the arena there, like people were fired up and excited and they thought this was their chance and then to win it the way they did, you know, to be down yeah, to come one. back for three one is amazing. That that kind of like hit the turbo button on everything and made it even more special. I think for the hands there. Shout out to Northeast Ohio and Cleveland, finally getting that championship monkey off their back and into the basket. LeBron James probably could run for governor basically right now in Ohio and win in the landslide. Number six, I'm still freezing cold from our All Star weekend in Toronto. <clears throat> The All-Star Game went north of the border, and uh, it was a successful weekend on a lot of different fronts, but I think the thing that people are going to remember for a really long time was that Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon dunk contest. Epic. And we've got Aaron Gordon against Zach Levine, championship round in the Verizon slam dunk. Now, that might be <laughs> Alfred Payton in that mascot. Nobody lost that one. I, I would argue the best dunk contest these eyes have seen since a classic Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins dunk off. When Dominique got ripped off. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Well, it's I, true. I don't think that, you know, and I, there have been some really good dunk contests, but I don't know if there's a, there had been a battle like that right. since Dominique and Jordan. Where, and you could make a, I think some of the ones in, you know, the modern 
Dunk Contest history since Vince in 2000. So after that, it kind of... There were some runaways, and then it kind of got stale, and... Then there was some rule changes and yeah. tweaks, and there was times where... Birdman had, had 37 <laughs> dunks. I mean, it, you know, it... There were some weird moments in there. But this yeah. one, the guys were making dunks, and they were doing things that were just unbelievable. I mean, when Aaron Gordon jumped over the mascot. Who was spinning. Yeah. Like, who was spinning around. He, he cleared the mascot's head with his butt. That was pretty unbelievable to see. And then you think, well, how do you top that? And Zach Levine goes from the free throw line. He took and, off from half court or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was, you keep thinking, how does this get topped? And they keep topping it. So, uh, But there was all, I mean, that was also Kobe's. You know, last All Star. Yeah, it was a lot packed into that. It was colder on Saturday night in Toronto <laughs> than it was at the North Pole. Have you ever been that cold? When's the last time you were that cold? All Star. All Star in New York. Yeah, it was colder than that though. <laughs> Toronto was colder than New York. It was. It was. But All Star in New York was. It was bone chilling cold, but it seemed like it was busier. Like Toronto, it, yeah. it was the way it was spaced out and the way you could walk underground, <laughs> it just gave it a different All those vibe. people, were, they were like, hey, just so you know, Toronto's not normally this cold. Yeah, right. I was like, clearly it is. You have underground tunnels built. <laughs> it's shopping malls underground. They were clearly prepared for this kind of cold weather. Exactly. Toronto is supposed to be yeah. that cold. Um, but yeah, a, a fantastic All-Star weekend outside of the continental United States, technically, I believe, for the first time. So certainly uh, a treat for everybody. Yeah. Number five, the free agent summer of 2016. All oh, summer 16. Christmas came early for a lot of guys, Lang. <laughs> they had us on the uh, NBA TV set, as yeah. always, to react to these things. And we're like, oh, there's money falling from the sky. <laughs> John Lewis got what? <laughs> no, it was it was a great free agent summer for a lot of people. The people in Oklahoma City weren't feeling so good early on. Yeah, Kevin Durant leaving for for Golden State, but then they got a, a nice reprieve when Russell Westbrook decides that he's going to you know stick around long term at least. It seems long term, and really the KD leaving small market Oklahoma City for I don't know why people think the Golden State Warriors are, are another small market team. They are not right. Uh, leaves for for Golden State, in which there's no doubt about the fact that the new CBA has some language in it and some wrinkles to it that address right that very deal. You know, with small market teams giving them a better opportunity to keep two to, guys, yeah, to keep two stars. And um, I don't want to blame it on Kevin Durant, but I certainly think his departure from Oklahoma City had a lot to do with that being a, a huge part of the conversation that the owners and the players' association had. Um, when they were hammering out the details on the new collective bargaining agreement that should be set in stone uh, sometime early in January of 2017. But but that wasn't the only big free agency move. We saw a lot of, like, Al Horford left the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Dwight Howard left the Houston Rockets. Well, Dwight Howard was, uh, let's be real, he was, <laughs> he was kind of asked to leave. Well, okay. Told that, hey, if you leave, we're not going to come chasing you through the door. Um, we saw some other movement around the NBA. Uh, there was a lot of other big contracts out there. Mike huge. Conley, Demar Derozan, yeah, got a huge. I mean, I, I don't know what the what, what's the rate dollars to uh, Canadian money. All I know is it's a lot. The loonies, I think. Is, it that, is. is that what they call us? The loonies? Yeah. Well, he's got plenty of loonies. Yeah. Um, who else? Who, who were the other biggest? I mean, the list we thought it was going to be Kevin Durant, Horford would be the big name free agents. Uh, Hassan Whiteside cashed in. Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons cashed in again. Uh, uh, more Her power to him. I don't know. Harrison Barnes. I don't, I don't know what kind of luck you have to have to do what Chandler Parsons has done and basically get a, get a mother load in a couple of places without really playing as many games as you would need to to earn it. What about Evan Turner? Not a bad summer for Evan Turner. Yeah. 
And again, a shout out to my man John Lure. He would he would have stumped half the country on a game of who he played for, <laughs> and now he's in Detroit making that cash. But yeah, huge free agent summer, and I think in in hindsight and historically, we'll remember it as the summer that Kevin Durant yeah left Oklahoma City for Golden State. Yeah, number four. The Western Conference Finals turned into a remarkable series between the Thunder and the Warriors. Clay Buckets. And uh, one of the most amazing games of that series was Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals when Clay Thompson turn, turned into uh, an NBA Jams character. <laughs> he was on fire. A long three for Thompson, and that is an NBA record. His 10th three-pointer of the night. It's an NBA playoffs record for Clay Thompson. Almost falls down, stripped by Andre and stolen. Iguodala to Thompson, right side three for the lead. Got it! Golden State leads with a minute 35 to go. It's 104-101. Clay Thompson has 11 threes in the game. Clay Buckets, balling. I was there. Rescued him. I was in Oklahoma City for you that rescued game. rescued him. And uh, that was the game that you felt like that that was the one the Thunder had to win. Yeah, talk about teams blowing a three-one lead. They, they if they win that game, you know they move on to the finals and maybe Clay Thompson. I mean maybe Kevin Durant exactly. never leaves. History of the game might have changed if that series turns out differently. Um, Clay Thompson has been Johnny Flame. I mean he's he's, <laughs> he's got a sixty-point game this year. Yeah, where had he played in the fourth quarter, he might have went for eighty. Right. Who knows? I love. And I've talked about it before on the podcast here. Arguably, to me, the most competitive dude in the league. And it's really undercover. People don't realize. But Clay Thompson is is a cutthroat competitor. I love seeing him get loose yeah. like that in uh, in any game, but let alone playoff games and big games like that. So um, shout out to uh, our man Clay Thompson doing his thing. And uh, like you said, if that, that series doesn't turn on his play in that game, Kevin Durant might still be in Oklahoma City, and an entire NBA landscape could be different. Yeah. Number three, Lang, on our top ten list. And, argue, you know, I, I want to argue that maybe this could have been number one, even though there were some, some other huge things that went on. But Kobe Bryant. This couldn't have been number one. It's Kobe, man. Drop, dropping the mic on his last night with 60. It's in the Lyles. It's on its way. The game is over. And Kobe Bryant's... Final memory for us is a 60-point game and a victory over the Utah Jazz. Man. Man. Guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. Kobe Bryant, Lang, going out in style. Mamba out. It was an amazing game. I remember watching it. I mean, a lot of people watch that game only because we knew it was Kobe's last game. And you thought, well, maybe he can do something special. Who right. knows? But but 60? I know. <laughs> it got ridiculous at one point. You're like, no, yeah. he's not going to go for 60. When he had like 40, you thought, all right, there's that, this is it. This is it. Right. There's no way he can. But then he just kept uh, getting to the line. And, and then clearly the whole the whole game was sort of a reflection of what that season was like for the Lakers. And they're just going to Kobe every time. And <laughs> Yeah. Didn't turn out very well some other nights. But that night it was fitting to watch Kobe go out in style with 60 on 50 shots. Yeah, that's the most fitting part for Kobe was to see him take that many field goal attempts. Pure Mamba, baby. Yeah. Pure Mamba. Uh, unbelievable 20-year run. 
in the NBA for Kobe Bryant. And not only do we say goodbye to Kobe on that night, 2016, we say goodbye to Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett, three guys right. who are really the faces of an era in the NBA. Yep, three guys who I kind of came up with watching and – you know, I remember Covering, yeah. I saw Tim Duncan at Wake Forest and KG being on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a high school player and Kobe taking his talents to the NBA. <laughs> and then to watch all three of those guys develop into three all-timers and, uh, you know, three of the greatest to, to ever play the game was, was remarkable. They all won titles, and that 2021 Hall of Fame induction is going to be unbelievable. Get your popcorn ready. A couple of number 21s and Kobe. Yeah. So, yeah, that it was a, a definite changing of the guard, though, because the, the NBA now, without those three guys, it's a different league. Totally different landscape. And the, the style of play is different. Uh, the, the balance of power is different. And the voice, you know, I mean, LeBron has been the face of the league, really, Yeah. for, for some time now. But those guys were always kind of in the background, even if LeBron had moved to the forefront. Yeah. So to see them leave, the, you know, the way they did. And really, did they not all do it in their own uh-huh specific way that's really central to who they were as players. Kobe announcing his retirement early and kind of doing the farewell tour. Um, there being a lot of speculation about Duncan walking away. He does it, non, you know, without any fanfare. And then KG, you know, a trying year for him, losing Flip Saunders early. Sure. And, his, you know, as he returned back to uh, the Timberwolves to help rebuild the franchise that gave him his start and – for him to leave when he did, I thought, was fitting as well. Just all three of those guys, class acts right. and um, their impact on the league. Can't tell the history of the NBA without those three guys. What's your number one Kobe memory? <sighs> There's so many. But uh, your boy Mark Spears and I, we had dinner with him in Salt Lake City one night during the playoffs. It's the only time I was ever around Kobe when it wasn't in a game or arena-type setting. So I got a chance to just see him with his guard down a little bit. He did have a security guy with him. Yeah. Um, but we sat in a downtown restaurant in Salt Lake City, and I don't know if you ever had this phenomenon happen to you, but you're in a place, and it's just, you know, you and me and Spears and a couple other people in the place, not a big deal, and literally Kobe and his bodyguard came walking up off the street, and they sat down the table with us. I swear to you, 20 minutes later, they had to put up a rope line outside because people had pat <laughs> right. come out of nowhere, you know, like the word got out that Kobe was at this place. And there was a line outside to get in. They had to move us upstairs right. to a space behind, like in a corner behind a pool table to keep the crowd away from him. Like everybody in the, seemed like everybody in, the city, in Salt Lake City was trying to get get in there and get a selfie and get an autograph, get a hand, and, and just say they were in the building when Kobe was in there doing nothing. We're, like it was the night before a game, and we're in there hanging out and got a chance to spend some quality time with Kobe. I got, I don't know if I've ever told this story. When we were, when I was at Slam Magazine, we had a, Kobe cover shoot, and it was it was around the time of USA Basketball in two. It must have been two thousand eight or something like that. And the Lakers were having training camp in Hawaii, and uh, one of my colleagues was supposed to go to Honolulu and write the story. And two days before, he has a family emergency, and, mm. and they say, "Can you go instead?" So I'm like, I guess I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> so we go out to Hawaii, but USA Basketball sent Kobe's uniform. For the photo shoot, the blue uniform that had USA on it. Mm. And uh, so Kobe, we did it in like in a hotel ballroom or something. And Kobe comes down and we do the whole shoot. And uh, they had said, when you're done with it, you can just tell Kobe to keep the uniform. Right. 
So we were like, hey, you can just keep the uniform. He's like, all right, cool. And then he just left it. And so I have the shorts. <laughs> I have Kobe's USA Basketball shorts. Nice. I wore them for about a year just around the house just to have. And now they're packed away somewhere in a closet. But nice. I have Kobe's USA Basketball shorts. I hope, I hope we don't see Kobe one day and he's talking about, I got the jersey, but I can't find the shorts. <laughs> Somebody swipe the shorts. No, I know who has the jersey. It's not, it's not me. <laughs> Number two, it's impossible to talk about 2016 without talking about the Golden State Warriors. And, and we've talked a lot about Kevin Durant in the summer of 2016. But really, from January until June, um, at least until like the middle of June, <laughs> it was all about <laughs> the Warriors' dominance. And uh, not only did Stephen Curry get unanimous MVP award, but the Warriors won a NBA record 73 games. And uh, so that's our number two moment of 2016 was was the Golden State Warriors. No longer chasing history. The Golden State Warriors now stand alone with 73 wins taking their place in the annals of the NBA with the greatest regular season record of all time. The NBA has seen 70 seasons with 1,423 teams. Only one has gone 73 and 9. And it's your 2015-16 defending world champion, Golden State Warriors. Warriors balling, breaking the Bulls record. Beat the 96-97 Bulls record of 72 wins. I'll be honest with you. I thought if they get 73, there's no way anybody's stopping them from winning this championship and cementing themselves as the greatest, in terms of just sheer accomplishment, the greatest team of all time. Can we say that, well, first of all, for a long time we weren't sure that they were aiming for 73, and they wouldn't talk about it. Oh, I could. I thought Draymond made it pretty clear that they, well, Clay, some of them would, would would love to get to 73. Clay fessed up on, on the Hangtime podcast at All-Star Weekend in Toronto when he said that he wrote 73-9 and nine on a fortune cookie thing <laughs> and slipped it inside there. So, so we knew they were, you know, they, by that point it was pretty clear that they were going for it. Can we say at this point now that going for 73 wins might have cost them a title? No. We can't. I don't think that's what did it. They, It's not like they... You don't think they ran out of gas? No. They ran into... I they, thought Steph did. No. I didn't think so. You don't think... Maybe it was the injuries he had. Like Yeah. I, I don't think chasing 73 is what cost them. Okay. I think injuries to Andrew Bogut, a boneheaded decision by Draymond Green, injury to Steph all contributed to the fact that they didn't have enough to finish what they started in the playoffs. To me, that all feels like things wearing down. Yeah. Things but I getting thought, tired. I thought, this, I thought they got the 73 and then moved on from it. Started the second season, which is the playoffs, with full understanding that, hey, we, we're healthy enough and good enough to get to the finals and win it. They had some serious adversity in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that we just talked about that. You know, Steph's injury. That Oklahoma City series. The Oklahoma City series. And then, you know, Get into the, you got to get to the finals and beat a team that is every bit as good as you are. Maybe not record-wise, but certainly in terms of how well they play with the season on the line. So I'm I'm not going to give them the excuse of we ran out of gas. Right. Not when we were up 3-1 in the finals. Okay. So, But a, a, a great accomplishment nonetheless. Steph with an NBA record, 402 three-pointers. I mean, it was a magical season right up until the last four minutes of Game 7 of the finals. We talked about it like – before this happened, but you know, losing in the finals does that sort of take away from the seventy three and nine? In some respects, because it doesn't 
it doesn't put the 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 you know the icing on top of that seventy three win cake for them right. in, a, in a return trip to the finals in a second straight championship. They didn't get to finish the fairy tale ending, but when you look back at it, twenty years from now, if nobody else comes close to getting seventy three wins, yeah, that that Warriors team will still be the team with the best regular season record in NBA history. You can't take that away from them until somebody passes them and 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 loses only eight games. We talked about. Last year, like it was like the Patriots when they, you know, ran the table in the regular season and then losing the Super Bowl. Yeah, it feels very similar to that for for the Warriors to lose in that in the very much so, very much so in the finals. Last and certainly not least, Lang on our top ten moments of 2016 on the best of the Hang Time podcast. No team ever in the NBA Finals had crawled out of a three-one hole to come back and win the championship. LeBron James, the native son, Northeast Ohio's own, drags the Cavaliers out of it. They come back, win game seven on the road. Kyrie Irving with the monster shot to win the NBA Finals. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. And the Cavaliers by three. Shepard trying to stay with Curry. Catches one dribble, steps back, puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound tip taken by Spades. Final seconds. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Cleveland's long sports nightmare has ended. The drought is over. 52 years. Time to celebrate a title. (laughs) Every cliche you can think of. The drought is over. Unbelievable finals. Unbelievable comeback. The, the emotion that the Cavaliers showed, too, on that Florida Oracle Arena, mm-hmm. sheer disbelief. I mean, they, I know they did it. They they lived it. They did it. But it was still, like, surreal when they came back and won the finals. As you heard, the first championship in 52 years. You know, there's this meme now that's developed since then where people are like, hey, I went out today to get my paper. And, and did you hear that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals? Which... You know, I guess it's funny and all, and it's technically correct, but right. it discounts that the Cavs came back from a 3-1 deficit, which they, I think yeah, they, that's the most impressive part to me is they were down 3-1. and It looked they, like they were done. They kept I mean, it looked like it was over, yeah. Figured out a way to get back in it and, and to win that thing. We, we were there for most of these games. Uh, what was, for you, the most memorable moment that you take away from, from the finals? You know what? As as big as Kyrie's shot was, and it was huge, hit it in Steph's face. Like, Steph was there trying to guard. You got the unanimous MVP, you know, two-time MVP, guarding a guy who, until LeBron came back, was considered a really good player, but certainly not the player that I think he's considered now after the finals. But LeBron's block. Yeah, the chase down. The chase down block on Iguodala. 20 years from now, that shot will look great, you know. Kyrie's shot will be huge, but that block will be, to me, the play that people kind of use as the signifying moment of that of that finals. One other one that sticks out to me was uh, Kevin Love getting switched off on Stephen Curry and sticking with him yeah. as Steph put the moves on him out on the perimeter and, and he managed to just bother him enough to win the possession for the Cavs. And I think it spoke a lot to, to the way Love developed through that season and became an integral part of that team. Yeah. Amazing to me, though, that we could spend as much time as we did talking about the Warriors last season 
And for them to lose in the finals, they did. I felt like LeBron and the Cavaliers carried that with them all year, too. Like, hey, all they're talking about is the Warriors. And LeBron felt like he didn't have Kevin Love, he didn't have Kyrie Irving in the finals the year before. Yeah. He felt like if he'd have had his guys healthy, then they would have won the championship right. then. So I, it's. Well, they went six games without those right, guys so. the year before. And, and then we also didn't talk about, you know, David Blatt gets let go halfway through the season yeah. and Teron Lewis steps in. And- he becomes a footnote on this. You know, in this story, you know, about, hey, if they don't make that change, maybe they don't get there and finish it the way they did. It was also weird just, you know, being there and being in the midst of that finals and when you're traveling around from city to city. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel when, when the Cavs are down three to one, it, it never felt like it was over to me. It felt like those guys were kind of level headed about it and they felt like, well, we're just going to come do our job and go to work and. Then all of a sudden it's three to two and you're like, oh well, well maybe maybe things are a little different. On my flight from Cleveland after Game Six to San Francisco, Ty Lue's cousin Doodles, y'all know you know who he is. <laughs> the Doodles was was on my flight. Right. He was sitting in the last seat before the bathroom at the very back of the plane. So I saw him as we were getting on the you know plane, but I sat down long before he did. Right. He walked past me, so I got up at one point during the flight. It's a five hour flight for the love of all things that fly. And, um, you know, I, I stopped and talked to him, and I was like, man, so you think they can win game seven? And he was so confident, right? you know, like that they had solved the matrix. And, they were, you know, he's like, man, we're going to win game seven. And I'm thinking, man, they're super confident. Like, I wasn't as confident for Cleveland going back for game seven just based on the history of who wins game sevens in the playoffs. But I give the Cavs credit. They believe when nobody else did. When they were down 3-1, they believed they had it, whatever it was going to take in them to win that series, and kudos to, to LeBron and the Cavaliers for doing it, for proving on the court, you know. That's why we play the it, games. It felt like they were playing downhill, like those maybe those last two games. Yeah. It just felt like the Warriors, and I know you don't want to say that they 73-9 and took it out of them, but it felt like they were kind of on fumes, and the Cavs had the answers yeah. for them and, and had such confidence, and for Kyrie to – I mean, Kyrie's never lacked for confidence, but for him to step into that shot and drain it from the from the right wing. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable way to finish an NBA season with a game seven like that. Um, to me, a fitting in to yeah. what was a fabulous season and certainly a fabulous year around the NBA and uh, the perfect lead into the 2016-17 season. Nothing beats that Cavs comeback Lang in the finals. I know Warriors fans hate to hear about it, but John Schumann was there on the scene. I think we uh, hung out on the court after that game, did some stand-ups, and kind of took in the whole thing. And he's here now for the final Schumann stat of the calendar year 2016. Schu, what you got for us this week, man? Knocking it out on the, the very last time. On the Schumann staff of 2016. Yeah, I'm I'm quitting predictions after 2016. <laughs> I had some really bad, really bad predictions in 2016. We don't, listen, we don't want to hear about your in, political stuff. <laughs> both, in, both in regard to basketball <laughs> and otherwise. Don't call Ashburner. <laughs> what do you got All for right, us, so, Shu? All right, we're going to do a little trivia. So we're talking about the calendar year of 2016, both regular season and playoff game. Right. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask you the statistical leaders for the calendar. We're just talking totals here, not per game, just totals. Right. Um, so first, we're going to start with minutes. Who do you think played the most minutes in the calendar year of 2016? 
So this is a guy that probably played for the Warriors or Cavs. Or Cavs, yeah. Played played in a lot of games. Well, he said probably games, played for those two. I'm going to say LeBron James. No, I'm going to say Draymond off. Green. Close second. Dang it. Teammate was number one. Curry. Nope. Clay. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Really? Clay Thompson. Wow. Okay. Number one. Number one in games played and in, in uh, total minutes for hmm. uh, calendar year 2016. All right. Uh, most points scored. In 2016? I was going to say Russell Westbrook, but maybe not. No. It's got to be Steph. A couple, couple hundred points. Yeah, Stephen Curry, number yeah, one. it's got to be Steph. A couple, couple hundred points ahead of, uh, maybe about 100 points ahead of Durant and a couple hundred ahead of Westbrook. Mm. All right. Rebounds? Uh, oof. Draymond Green. Or mm. Tristan Draymond Thompson. Fourth on the list. Tristan Thompson's around six. This guy does not did not was in the playoffs last year, but did not go far in the playoffs. Huh. Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond, correct. Nice. Your uh, Sakers flexing. Right? You can't see him, but Sakers flexing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Put me on Jeopardy, son. NBA Jeopardy. This, this guy had uh, almost, I'd say, two hundred and fifty more assists than anybody else in the league in two thousand sixteen. Wow. Who was dishing dimes? Who was dropping dimes? Fairly, fairly easy one. LeBron? No. Who was dropping dimes last year? This year. I mean, or this 2016. Who was? Yeah. Uh, give us a hint, Didn't man. Didn't miss a game. Went deep in the playoffs. James Harden. Nope. Chris Paul. Nope. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I'm stumped on that. Those are those are those are sec- those are third place and second place respectively. Harden third. Chris Paul um, second. Uh. I'm Last stumped shot. on that one. Russell Westbrook. I was about to say. Really? Yeah. He averages ten a game. He the only guy who the only guy who cracked a thousand assists in 2016. Wow. All right. Blocks should be an easy one. Hmm. I don't know. I would. I mean, the guys I'm Did thinking not make the playoffs. Was not in the playoffs. Anthony Davis. No, I would think he was hurt too much. No, who led yeah, the league last, in blocks last, last year? Yeah, last season he had the highest block average we've seen. Hassan Whiteside. Long, yeah, long time. Yes, Hassan Whiteside. But right. I thought you said he didn't make the playoffs. I, I don't think it did. The Heat, if he were in the playoffs, yeah, they lost. Yes, they were. I had to go to all those crummy games against Toronto. All right, they were playing a six-four and under when Whiteside got hurt, but he, yeah, he did play the playoffs. All right, number one in raw plus minus. Who had the best plus minus in 2016? Raw plus minus. So that means like. So that means without se- without minus. salt and pepper and uncooked. That means um, they were right. on WWE on Monday nights. Right. His team outscored the opponents by more than a thousand points in the year 2016 <laughs> while he was on the floor. Steph Curry. No, second place. Number Clay one. Thompson. Nope. LeBron. One of these has got to be LeBron. <laughs> no, stick with stick with the Warriors, buddy. They, they're the one that they're the team that won uh, went seventy three and nine. Draymond Green. Draymond Green, correct. Your plus minus champion. I'm, I'm leaving for now. I'm the 2016. I'm the Jeopardy Schumann Challenge. I'm leaving now to go to the weight room and continue to pump up these biceps. Killing it. I don't know if she was going to keep giving us false clues on these. <laughs> right. Well, uh, well, I'll post. Uh, so if everybody. Uh, tunes into my Twitter on uh, January 1st. I'll post all of these uh, all right. nice. final ones. We're doing it a little before January 1st, but we'll uh, we'll post the final uh, leaders. At John Schumann on Twitter. Everybody check it out. 
We appreciate it, Shu. Uh, go easy on the champagne um, on New Year's Eve. <laughs> uh, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. We'll see you in 2017. All right, fellas. Appreciate All right, man. Hey, Schumannstadt, killing it as always. Basketball Jeopardy, put me on the show. Well, that'll do it for us on the Best of Hangtime Podcast for 2016. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm looking forward, Lang, <laughs> to however we finish the 2017 portion of this NBA season and beyond. Uh, a new CBA should be in the books here shortly. So things are looking good uh, around the league. Make sure you subscribe to the Hangtime Podcast on iTunes. Leave us a glowing review. New episodes every Thursday throughout this season. And we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata.